So that's how my uh, laughing at a joke practice has been going since last week. You are right, you right there? You right there? Champ, you good? Oh, sorry, sorry. I just What day is it? <laughs> what year is it? Madam? What year is this? <laughs> what year is this? Um 2423. Welcome all <clears throat> all and one to the big damn cast. As you can yes. hear being recorded in respective self-isolation. <laughs> as as the country is in oh, lockdown. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm your host, Matt, and with me is my co-host. Not Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yes. Yeah. Here we go. We, here we go. Um, with nerdy new, uh, well, not, okay, maybe not. Uh, geeky got, uh, <laughs> well, there's not really much of that. Uh, and things fit to occupy your time before you die. You know what? Oh, I don't think the slogan yes. works anymore. No. <laughs> I don't think the slogan works right well, now. Maybe we should retire that for the next three weeks or so. Um, <clears> how the big damn cast? Two men are talking. How have, you, how have you been since we last talked, Christopher? <laughs> Jesus Does that Christ. answer your question? I feel better than last week, but uh, we're now at the, like, me and my wife are now at the sore-throated, just coughing all the time portion that feels very much like... You know, when you get at the end of a really bad cold or a chest infection. Yeah. And you keep coughing because every other, every other breath, breath stimulates your throat. Oh. And it makes you cough. It um, it heights. Yeah. It heights like a mother. It, um, it heights just a bit. It hurts like um, a harsh truth. Um, so, yeah. But it, it's... Yeah, we feel miles better. And uh, we're recording this, The Year of Our Lord, uh, <laughs> pre-apocalypse diaries. Yeah. On the night of Wednesday the 25th. And uh, on Friday, 25th, the 25th, 25th. Uh, 25th today, is I think, it? isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yesterday was the 24th. Yesterday oh, was Disney Plus Day. Um, so yesterday's yeah, 25th. Chill days to the 27th. And on the 27th, I'll technically have been self-isolating for a fortnight. Over a fortnight. And considering I'm feeling mostly better, if by Friday morning I feel better than I do today, I'm going to be going out to get some supplies. Good luck with that. Uh, and well, I've been. I follow a, there's a Facebook group that I'm on for our local area that uh, it charts all that stuff. And as of today, it appears the uh, the big uh, American purchased supermarket store within the centre of our hometown uh, has been implementing uh, an amount of customer uh, like cut cut off. Yes, yes. And uh, doing keeps keeps returned from there not two hours ago. Hmm. How long was she queuing for? Not long. <clears throat> Apparently they're relatively well stocked in everything but sort of tinned goods now. No chopped tomatoes of the of the um, own brand variety. Nope. Yeah. Very little fizzy. I can understand that because pot um, keeps, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Not, not once opened, but like if you're going to buy something for the kids. Yeah, right I now, suppose. Then fizzy pop's um, going to be up the up the chain. But yeah. But I, I, think, I think it's by the sound of it. Because they're limiting the amount of numbers in the store at any one time, yeah. they are able to stock up more often. Um, meaning that when you come in, there's a decent selection of the basics. Also, they've uh, taken on a bunch of extra people as well. 
A lot of stores have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much all supermarkets have put the the word out there. I did a a video interview for a popular discount supermarket chain yesterday. That was was, was a new thing. Recording answers to questions and sending it off to to, to, um, Albrecht Discounts. Albrecht Discount is that the name of the company? As it was, that was its original name when it opened as a as a as a department store back in Germany, oh, I think. Right. Yeah, um, it's weird, isn't it? Because I imagine uh, were you doing the interview because they're looking for someone now? Um, I put in an they're... application just before everyone started hiring extra staff. Right, so they're now they're now getting into their thing of going right. Let's see yeah. who is able to come in and help out now. Because are they open during this time? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're up. They're up on Adam. All the supermarkets are open still. They're yeah. running reduced hours. A lot of them, which is good, and so a lot of them are now pra- putting into practice what Sainsbury started two weeks ago, which is uh, the first hour of the day is only for, only for, for NHS staff. The, yeah, yeah, NHS staff, the elderly, or um, people who are carers. Yeah, for that yeah. first hour, which is brilliant. It's like well done. Uh, on more supermarkets for kind of cottoning on to that and taking advantage of it because you know what there are twats out there who are buying everything when they don't need to yes um but it's yeah, also we've not hoarded anything which is nice we've, we've been quite good we've we've again like we've been sort of helped by parents and stuff popping by and being like we're going somewhere is there anything we can get for you and we'll drop it off outside your door on the way home it's like bless you but uh even then like we who have been just to reiterate to listeners who've been in the house for two weeks and haven't yeah. left. Yeah. We have not um, panicked, but when we've asked for bits and pieces, we've just got what we need as we normally would. Because um, why be dead? Why be dead a different? Okay. Um, why be dead a different? Um, so yeah, so tonight we ate the last of the chili, which is bloody lovely. Uh, tomorrow yeah. we're on to the simple pleasures in terms of tea of uh, beans on toast. Beans on toast. Yeah. Uh, God bless the takeaways. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we've had at least four of them in the last two weeks, and that's been a big help because just every other night you can be like, right, don't have to worry about it. Someone's going to drop some food off. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, the trick. The trick though then is like, right, need to get up and do some exercise in the morning because otherwise, yep, these takeouts are going to be showing. I'm going to be melded into my chair. <clears throat> yes, I've been. I've, I've kept myself relatively sane by doing stuff like i've been keeping yeah. a streaming schedule i've, I've been um <clears throat> i've been putting some broom cupboard stuff together for patrons um because obviously unlike this show where we do have some stuff banked and we can start sprinkling it like broom cupboard production is on a halt now yeah yeah for that show one ep- we have one episode yet to go out and i'm delaying its release by a week just to stretch it a little yeah um but after that episode's gone out there are no other recorded as yet episodes of Room Covered. And I kind of don't want to do any over Skype because I don't want the end product to have us chatting about what's currently happening. Unlike this show where we're weekly, we're a weekly appointment. Yeah, yeah. You was kind that of wanting... one has to be a time capsule almost. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and Semi-timeless. It's like, yeah, and I kind of, I, ha- I hate the idea that it's just going to creep into conversation during it. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. So I'd, I'd rather cut off the season where it currently is. Um, and then bank a bunch of season two and then release it. Everything course, is about the virus. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But of course, then production had had set has to go on of right. Well, how do I plug that? Because you don't want your patrons to go. So we're getting nothing for three months. Mm. And it's like no, I still want to make stuff. So I'm currently making that. To stay sane. 
I've completed a game I'd never completed before, finally, Ghostbusters. Oh, you never finished it? I hadn't finished it back in the day. Ah, I got as far as the uh got as far as the Return to the Sedgwick back in the day. Ah. And I think I just found it a little control wise a little tricksy. Um but now I've mastered it to the point where like I'd finish the level on stream and then I'd go downstairs and be like Well, I was just gonna relax for an hour. Let's put the PS3 copy in. Yeah. <laughs> just like do the next bit on the PS3 version. Um <clears throat> so yes. Aside from that, that's neat. I'm doing okay. <laughs> How the bumbling chuck have you been? Um, aside for applying for a job to help save the world, yeah, and also saving Mars. Where's Doom Eternal set? Is uh, it Earth. Mars? It's Earth. Earth. Yeah. Good God, sweet Lord. Because as as Doom 2016 was to original Doom, mm. where it's set on on and around Mars. <clears throat> On around Mars. Uh, Doom Eternal <laughs> is to original Doom 2, which was set on Earth. It was subtitled Hell on Earth. Hot damn. Um, so, uh, Hot yeah, it's, it's on a, a demon-infested Earth. And um, thanks to the kindness of, of close friends, I've been, I've been plowing through that a bit. The levels are really long. <laughs> oh, God, watching you on the stream, Jesus wept. Like, the, 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 the time between sort of, like, the story's kind of the wrong word, but yeah. like narr- narrative segments it's, that propelled the motivation huge forward. Sprawling mm. levels. And um, lots of guts. Oh, so much. So many guts. Um, and that's just the environment. Never mind what you're pulling out of things. But yeah, I've, I've, as well as that, I've been <laughs> plugging away at some other things and just trying to find stuff to do around the house so I'm not under uh, Kiki's feet because she's working from home at the moment. Mm. Um, which kind of limits the stuff I can do production wise during the day, but means I can do other things like housework and, and such. Um, we've been... Uh, we've actually been out in the garden for the first time in forever. And we've been trimming back a lot of the overgrown hedges so we can actually see out of our back garden now, <coughs> which is nice. Um, and sort of uncovering the, the the lost treasures underneath that overgrown bush, including a, it's grown through the top of the wood fence. Because it was mostly a brick wall with a little bit of wood fence on top. And all this foliage has grown through the wooden fence. Hot damn. And just rotted the fence completely. So that's all come down. Okay. Um, And then underneath it is like this raised brick sort of planting bed. Which we didn't even know was there because it was so overgrown. And in that we found such treasures as a, a ornamental cherub. Garden cherub, a what? Um, <laughs> don't don't blink. An ancient um, food recycling bin, <laughs> and a petrol can with about two liters of petrol in it. What uh, the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I'm I just saying now that cherub has been burning victims and then recycling the bodies. I don't know why all that stuff's there, but there's there's currently an enormous pile of. Um, of trimmed vines and creepers uh, in the in the in the backyard because we've cut down more than we can fit in our uh, recycling wheelie bin. Yeah, into our into yeah. our uh, um, green waste we, wheelie we, bin. We're hesitant. We're doing the garden tomorrow, and we're like, <laughs> is it going to get taken away at the end of the week, or are we going to end up with a lot of rotting dog poo and and stuff in a, in a waste bin? I guess we'll. I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I've been doing. I've been so I've been doing bits of housework and keeping on top of chores and just trying to stay out of Keith's way while she's like doing actual work. 
And um, playing the piano. Damn, which boy. Is, which is new. Yeah. Because you've got a keyboard that neither of us play, really. And Keek's got it to, to learn, and I, I tink away on it every now and again. So I've been actually giving that a bit of effort for once. Yeah. Which is nice, something a different. A bit of tinkler. Has it got headphones? Like headphone jack? No, but uh, well, be, I'm upstairs while she's working, so I'm just not. Ah. I can do things around the house and be, and be doing things. Um, oh, well, today I streamed several films while she was... Uh, while she was <laughs> while she was working, uh, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, Have you but, found um, yourself being uh, being a bit of an Alfred? Have you been making brews and checking in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, just not wanting to bother because it must be really frustrating to be sitting there working and have someone going, "Can't do anything, can't do anything, can't do anything. Can you get anything? Get your drink. You want a brew? You want you want a, you want a sandwich? You want a, you want a back rub? You want a, you want a... You're obviously not saying it sexily enough. Oh, clearly not. <laughs> If that's my sexy voice, something's going very wrong. Um, <laughs> but tell me, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this. You know, do what ninety percent of the female population of Instagram have done over this uh, this past week and start an OnlyFans. And who knows? I'm sure there'll oh, be God. people out there. Oh, don't. It's, so there's been a whole. <clears throat> I was like, I mean, you, you don't have to start an OnlyFans. We can, we have got a Patreon. There is that kind of stuff on Patreon. That's as well. true, but we're not we're not putting our boobies on Patreon. You see. Um, other people other do, people do. Uh, and then get kicked off eventually when the things get too big and Patreon discover because Patreon does not allow sexual content as a rule but wow. glamour photography and cosplay albeit in the more extreme sense does get through the net because there's been there's been a lot of articles obviously going out this week about self-employed um, people what they're going to do as of the recording of this we are apparently a day away from finding out what the UK government's protocol is going to be for self-employed people whether or not there's going to be a, a minimum grant or it's going to be a big middle finger i wouldn't be surprised on a on a number 10 letterhead <clears throat> i would not be surprised i mean that's that's the one thing i can deal with because i'm self-employed and find it hard to get chunks of work and anyway so that's the one yeah. thing i'm used to dealing with the thing i'm more fussed about is that my bank is now putting together a program on the online banking that'll be ready apparently by next week to uh uh, officially lock down yourself for a mortgage holiday, which I'm like, that'd be great. Three months of not having to pay the yeah. mortgage would be very useful right now. Yeah, because it's just gonna it's just gonna be added interest free to the end of the period, end of your mortgage anyway. And I'm like, yep, that'd be nice. So I'm just waiting on that's waiting good. on ten to hooks for that one. But um, that's good. The self employed thing, it would be handy because, uh, like, for, for example, myself and yourself currently are self employed people. Yeah. And if suddenly the government turned around and went, right, look, we're going to chuck you, it's not a lot, but we're going to chuck you like 300 quid this month and 300 yeah. quid next month, it'd be like, that helps a lot. Thank you very much, government. Well, I, I tried to get onto <clears throat> universal credit because mm. I've had the trouble looking for for jobs for a while. It's been a, it's been um, a tough one. I've, I was, <laughs> just before all this but, went to shit, I was looking at whether or not I needed to sign up, uh, sign on just after yeah. uh, I got back from what was then my Easter gig. Yes. Mm. Um, well, let me no, tell like, you about signing on, Chris. Um, uh, the, the government have this thing now where you have to do the gov.uk verify system to verify your identity when you create an account for right. anything on the government website. And that basically, that's like identity vetting through an external company. Okay. When I, when I did it, it gave me the option to do it with the post office or with this company called DigIdentity. Mm-hmm. So I did it with the post office created the account but i had to wait in a queue to create the account this is all online yeah 
So you had to wait in a queue on a website. Guess what number I was on the que- in the queue? Go on. 16,000. Jesus something. wept. Um, when was this? It took me till... This was on Sunday. Right. Ah. No, was it Sunday? Oh, uh, Monday. This was on Monday. Okay, so it's just before um, lockdown, but around the time yeah. everybody realises it's probably about to start. Yeah. Oh, God. Um... And so it took, I did that around noonish, mm. and it took until one in the morning to actually get to the account creation. Oh, good lord. Um, did that, and then it immediately put the details in it asked me for, and then it immediately said it couldn't verify my identity and locked me out. So I, could, I can't do anything. So I went back on the other day oh to, try, to try it with Digi Identity. Yeah. That put me in a queue of 55,000 oh. people. Which cleared at something like three o'clock this morning. Yeah. So I missed my session, went back to the back of the queue, and was in back again about 50,000 people behind. So I've sat that off for now. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not worth it. Because Keeks is, Keeks is working. <laughs> I'm still looking for work. I think something will come along. I think we're at the point now where we need to just start eBaying our organs. Oh, I've eBayed everything else. Has your, has your eBay... For those who are wondering, we're on eBay. Uh, I'm official CDJ. What's your what's your ID? What's your ID? Uh, I've no idea off the top of my head. He will come up with it soon! But we're, we're um, on eBay and we, we just sell shit. Like, we both own things and we have to pay for bills and, and sometimes it's just nice to have a little refresh of your collection and make room for other stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, you, things grow and then you go like, oh, I've got too many figures. I yeah. need to get rid of some. My eBay, the last three days since the lockdown went official... Nearly everything is sold. I didn't have a lot on there. I had about 15 items and about, as of tonight, nine of them have sold. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what's really bizarre about this is I had to message, because uh, some of them sold on Monday. So I had to message a bunch to basically say, um, hi, it's not going to be delivered by Wednesday because circumstances, but I'll keep you informed of exactly when I deliver them. Like, don't worry, here's a, you know, here's a bloody photo of them in, in its packaging. It's ready to go out. I just, you know, I need to... I can't leave the house. I can't leave the house right now. <laughs> you know, wait a bit longer. And every, everyone's been back in touch and said, completely appreciate that. Thank you very much. Don't worry about it. Great. Which is good, because you get a lot of people on eBay who are really shitty about these sort of things and want to be like, well, I want a refund now then. It's like, you should yeah, have bought I had, something I had a during people... lockdown, you freaking weirdos. I've got <clears> stuff <throat> that sold over a month ago that still hasn't been paid for. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? It's very it's odd. weird, and disputing and, um, it usually makes the whole thing last even longer. It's better to just send them messages going, "Where's my money? Where's my money?" Where well, I did that a week money? ago, giving them giving them fourteen days before I cancelled it. Yeah, so I've got another week to wait on those. But I have a feeling they're not going to come through now. But that's the weirdest um, thing is, is people have gone to eBay and gone, "Well, while I've got the time, sod it, I'm going to try and buy that thing I want." I like, say, yeah, 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 but also, what a weird time to like. The other day, a toy arrived that I ordered two months ago. I felt bad that it arrived because I, I got a dispatch notice the the uh, the day before, like like eight at night, saying it's been dispatched. And I was like, "What? Oh, oh what? No, huh?" Because it was you know it was a lot. It was a pre order, and then I felt really yeah. bad because I was like, "A courier is bringing a toy to my house right now." That is, but it's the little things that keep. Um... If, listen, if there's one thing that I've learned from playing Death Stranding, it's... <laughs> Always keep a baby in a ba- in a bag. It's... No. Oh. Uh, it's handy. Okay. Handy advice. But... And it's and technically, it's a bottle. So... Uh, um, <laughs> your bridge, baby. 
a a um a, a canister. Uh, so it's the delivering <clears throat> delivering the little things keeps us all human. True. And I suppose again the courier like though the couriers have been deemed key workers. So it's work, yeah. it shifts. Yeah. Um, and their kids can go to school. Yeah. True. So the kids are being looked So in that case, school. thank you, Jadoon Captain. You've Thank you. <laughs> you've kept someone in employ. Fucking hell. It's um, a really nice toy. It's even got the milky eye. Um Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And she's, her, her, her guns and accessories are uh, dark purple instead of the red of the original. It's nice. But that's enough wittering about... <laughs> Jadoons? Nonsense and the virus. Jadoons? Um, tell me, <laughs> Don, Miguel. Don Miguel. <laughs> tell me about the Mandalorian. Oh! Oh! Because I... I definitely have not seen You've it. not seen The Mandalorian. No. Definitely not seen The Mandalorian. Definitely not seen The Mandalorian. I've definitely not seen all eight <clears throat> episodes. No, no, not at all. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't now have. now that Disney Plus... Yeah, you couldn't have. I couldn't no. have because Disney Plus hadn't launched mm. in the UK. Mm. And mm. when they did launch, they only launched with the first two episodes, correct? That's true. First two. Same with uh, Clone Wars, the final um, season as well. So, and it's coming out week by week. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> having not seen all eight episodes of The Mandalorian because it was not released until yesterday in the UK. <laughs> Tell me about The Mandalorian, Chris. Well, <laughs> uh, feel free to take guesses at any point, by the way. If you feel like you could guess what happens in it, feel free to okay, just leap okay. right in. Um, it's a, a, a completely uneducated guess based on not having seen The Mandalorian at all because it's not been released of course, in the UK. Of course, yeah. It's, uh, until yesterday. <laughs> Well, The Mandalorian is a Star Wars television series premiering exclusively on Disney Plus, um, which I've got to say, as, a, as an interface, is like less busy Netflix. It's kind of nice. Uh, it also feels like there's not much choice on, there, weirdly. But when you look at each individual thing, like a TV show, see how many seasons there are. There are you're like. No, there's quite a lot here. Like, um, yeah, I think there's a depth of content more than necessarily a breadth. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like uh, Mubi. Is it Mubi's that service they're doing where um they only put thirty films on at a time, and every day one film leaves and another film goes on. The idea being that like you shouldn't be browsing well, for hours because you just you have to I you have to watch one of the thirty things that's on there. Um, I'd still browse for hours. Yeah, through <laughs> thirty thumbnails. So like, mm, it'd be like it'd be like an eye test. Yeah. <laughs> number one, number, number two. two, number one, number two, uh, number, number two, number two, number three, number two, <laughs> number three. <laughs> God damn! And that's just the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh, we'll um, get to them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good. There's, there's there's a lot of fun on there. I immediately delved into the Pixar shorts and um, and and found a penis. No, uh, <laughs> I immediately delved into the Pixar shorts and then watched some of the uh, the twenty uh, the twenty thirteen to twenty seventeen Mickey Mouse cartoons. Have you seen any of those? Oh nice. no, they're no, incredible. No. They're, these are the ones where Mickey's got like meme face. If that makes any sense, uh, uh, like like. The, no, it doesn't. The, the art style is sort of uh, <laughs> oh, good lord! Uh, the art style is is very um, not crude, but like it's very characterful. It's sort of like a a, a weird looking newspaper strip. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, like here's a genuine <laughs> is... screen grab from one of them that's been put into a meme, 
There's a genuine screen grab of one of them. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's a bit. Um, I want to say Adventure Timey. It's yeah. a bit. More, it's a bit more elastic. Yeah, it's got one of those kind of. Uh, it got one of those kind of feels uh, to it. Uh, okay. There's, okay. there's a <laughs> uh, Mickey. Don't sue us. But uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna whip you a little clip. Mickey don't sue. Mickey don't sue. I'm in trouble with Mickey Disney don't sue. I'd quite like some food. I'd like to feed my family. The coronavirus. I can't find the clip, but there's a wonderful bit that made me fall in love with it, which I saw in a Disney store, funnily enough. Where it's an episode from season four called "Feed the Birds." This is my Mandalorian review, by the way, everybody. Uh, how much is how much is it to feed the birds? Uh, well, it's uh, traditionally top and to bag. Um, oh, okay. But he doesn't sing that specific lyric in this cartoon. Though there is a little oh, bird, there is a little bird he keeps trying to feed called Tuppence. Um, and the ah. very start of the cartoon is him singing a version of Feed the Birds. The, the, the whole cartoon is just Mickey f- takes some breadcrumbs out to the pigeons in the backyard, but they're all bullying a little one that doesn't get to eat. So he keeps trying to make sure the little one eats and the, the, okay. the, the, the larger pigeons get more and more like ravenous in their attempts to like, well, as soon as they learn of the fridge, they like invade the house and it's, it's nice. It's really, nice. really good. But the, the cartoon opens. <sighs> this is the shot that made me happy to see this on Disney plus as well. Is you just hear him going, feed the birds, la da da do, and then he just bursts out of his door with the weirdest little expressions going, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs from a bug. <laughs> it's just like, what? Jesus. Is like, full on weird little, like, oh, expressions. Like, it's odd. That's trippy. It's shit. like most of his faces are like troll face, you know, like the troll face kind of illustrations. Yeah, yeah. Those are his expressions in certain moments. Right down to, and it's because in the first series they did expressions like that. The internet cottoned on, mentioned it. So from series two onwards, they used them all the time, mm. and it adds a wonderfully unique flavor to these tunes because they look like no other Mickey Mouse cartoon you've ever seen. They're <laughs> great. They're so good. There's a beautiful one where it's just him and Minnie on a on a. Um, a gondola, and Minnie's singing a song to Mickey that she's written about him, and it's really lovely. Meanwhile, the gondola uh, gondola ends up going down really dangerous routes and ending up in the Amazon River and going oh, to waffles, and she never notices and just keeps singing this lovely song while he's having to like twat piranhas with an oar, and it's <sighs> it's great. It's 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 basically the Disney cartoons met directly with the sensibilities of like a Looney Tune or or a Tom and Jerry cartoon. That sounds it, quite sweet. They're really fun. Um, so that's that's oh, my um, review of Disney Plus, guys. Since you mentioned <clears throat> shorts, did I tell you about the short that's in front of Onward? Uh, no. No. What's that one? It's a Simpsons short. Is it? Yeah. What? It's a silent Simpsons short starring Maggie. That's really weird to me. But you know what? Actually, it's not too weird. Because I can imagine Pixar being more open to different things being shown before their films now because of mm. plus they can just put their short films onto plus and have them also seen. because they do what disney tells them to do true um <laughs> but yeah the um, pixar shorts are amazing there's a series that i've only looked yeah, at it's briefly pretty neat. It's pretty there's neat. a little prank series called pixar in real life where they just rec- okay. recreate certain moments from their films in real life oh uh, yeah 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 there's like there's one where it's like uh it's an aquarium and they've got the uh the, the aquarium escape from finding dory happening so like, so like you've got a pram going past with the blanket and the bold tentacles moving it along the floor. It's like, what a brilliant idea. There's a street crossing prank where it's a bunch of traffic cones 
and you can ah. from Toy Story 2 and it's like oh that's wonderful that is really cool <laughs> like Wally gets lost in, in the middle of a big city and like people show it directions it's like this is so cute um but yeah uh <laughs> Mandalorian so it's set. Tell me about the Mandalorian. It's set in the years. Which I definitely haven't seen. You've definitely not seen it. It's set in the years after uh, the end of Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, about five years after <clears throat> the Battle of Endor, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, from from the Star Wars trilogy, the only Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, the only Star Wars. The only Star Wars trilogy, and um, it's it's pretty great. It, it's it's a Wild West story. Um, it's sort of like Firefly. If Firefly were a kid's picture book, because it's just so simple. It's yeah. so yeah, simple. Yeah. Two episodes in, that seems to be the style they've gone for. Is just like you could have the sound completely off and know exactly what is happening. And not only that, characters are going to speak so little that by the end of the episodes, we're just going to credit like two people because only two <laughs> people are going to talk in this whole. But not necessarily hour. the person who is actually inside the Mandalorian costume. Yeah, well. Do we know if Pedro Pascal like asked, uh, dubbed most of it, or whether or not he was um, there? The only anecdote that I've heard <laughs> is that Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed episode four, mm-hmm. said that he wasn't on set for any of her episodes. Okay, but I believe <clears throat> it wasn't because he didn't want to be in the suit. It was because he had other projects on. Yeah. Well, it, it the, sort of... And scheduling conflicts. It affords, it affords so, the lead actor the option to not have to be there if need be. Yeah. Um, but as far as, far, as far as I'm aware, he was there for as much of it as he could be there for. I mean, I would be. If I, if, I, if I was told, right, that's your costume, I'd be like, I will wear that every damn second of the day if I have to. What Look like one of the coolest characters in all of science fiction cinema, but a version of that character that actually does shit, bring it on. I'm there. Yeah, um, I would. I would say this is the way. Yeah, I have spoken. Um, <laughs> with this show, we finally have our second Mandalorian who actually does shit in live I action. Mean, because there's plenty of Mandalorians well, I was say in, the, the, in the cartoons. Well, I, 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 okay, then our first live action Mandalorian who actually does shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jango Fett does some cool shit in Attack of the Clones, admittedly. Mm. But he's 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 a setup character. He doesn't get an arc or a story. He doesn't get to do anything too badass. And he's also there to fill in the Boba Fett shaped hunger that people had for more Boba Fett stuff. That's the only reason. <laughs> Which that I, don't, I don't understand. <clears throat> hey, I'm a Fett head. All right, I likes me some Fett. But even I'll acknowledge. Don't get me wrong. It's a cool ass design. He, but if you actually take him as a character, yeah. who does things, he does fuck even all. Even I acknowledge that all he is is a cool look. That's yeah. all he is. Um, it's a hell of a cool look. One heck of a cool look. I mean, the cool, the only genuinely cool moment he has in the two Star Wars films he's in, like as in, undisputably cool. That is awesome. Look at you, you badass. Is toward the start of Jedi, where he's just hanging out at Jabba's. He's obviously just stayed there for a bit, and he's got like, was it Twi'lek girls on his arm, and he's got a drink nearby that he clearly is not drinking because how the hell does he drink that thing? Yeah, and yeah. you just look at that and you go. That's telling more of a story than anything you've actually done. Like you, that that well, tells you us that tells us you've got status, you're known, people think you're a badass, the girls are all over you, people are probably paying for your drinks. You decided, you know what? I've kidnapped this guy. The bounty's big enough. I'm gonna stay here and just get drunk for a bit. Mac, I'm gonna mac well, with some green and blue hotties through my helmet. To learn more about that, <laughs> you can always track down the now non-canon Star Wars Legends short story collection, Tales from Jabba's Palace. 
Do you find out about Boba Fett macking with some Twilight girls? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I haven't read that shit, Chris. Maybe Boba Fett's got an OnlyFans account. Um, I read the Throne trilogy and that's it. I just remembered I never finished that story. Not the Throne trilogy, the one about um, OnlyFans. Basically, campsites and whatnot have seen an upsurge in applicants in the last two weeks because there are people, male and female, who are going... I'm just going to start doing this from home and that's how I'm going to earn some money from home. And you've had loads of people who do sex work for a living writing out about it and being like, the fuck, guys? <laughs> like, no. A, back off. B, it's not that simple. Jog on. We put hard work into this. And C, diluting the market means no one's going to make any money. Plus, that shit will be on the internet forever. So if you suddenly decide after a couple of days doing it, oh, I don't really do that anymore. Tough luck. Some strangers have pictures of your tits. And it's like, yeah. And more. Yeah. So that's The Mandalorian. Um, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. So the basic setup is um, the uh, Mandalorian, five years after the fall of the Empire, who are still, from the first two episodes, there's still remnants of them out there. And it's it's they're on their way out, but they're not quite purged yet. Because Carl Weathers' character I, 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 deals I, in I, Imperial credits. I don't, I can't remember <laughs> if this is before or after the Battle of Jakku, which is like considered to be the, the real end of the of the Galactic Civil War, but there's I think there's still Imperial mm. sway f- remnants. There's Imperial sway for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, there's, there's basically little pockets of the Empire mm. scattered about the um, the galaxy because the idea being after, of course, did, things didn't just fall apart straight away. Yeah. After Palpatine died. Well, I mean, hell, the sequel um, trilogy. The reason the First Order exists is because it never quite went away. Yes. And there were yeah. neo-Nazi radical nut jobs who started it all up again. Well, they're all people that fled into the unknown regions. Mm. Mm. Um, and then you've also got stuff um, like li- like regional governors, moths and such. Um, <clears throat> not the gr- I don't know how many, if there were any grand moths, but certainly moths. Because mm. I don't know how many other grand moths there were apart from Tarkin. Um, None of them were swaggy enough to wear their slippers on set. Well, quite. Um, <laughs> That's my favourite Star Wars behind the scenes story. So good. So good. Cushing, so um, badass. He was like, could you wear my slippers? And they went, yes, Mr. Cushing. That's so Cushing. You agreed to be in this um, movie. You absolutely can wear your slippers on set. <laughs> you can wear your slippers if you want to. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the idea is basically the um, there's no, because the leadership structure sort of falls apart. So, like local warlords and such and, and moths just ra- rise up and be like, okay, well, I'm going to make this. I'm the emperor now, yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, so I'm, I'm not exactly sure where it fits in with the already established post-Jedi stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a part of the galaxy in which there is still a, a decent-sized Imperial remnant. Ramshackle as they are. Which is why um, why Carl Weathers' character is originally pays the Mandalorian's bounty collection in Imperial credits. Yeah, Cause, yeah, cause yeah. The, the, the Mandalorian makes up... And I love the fact that he's just the Mandalorian. Like, that's not his name, but it's what everyone refers to him as because he is one. Yep. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Classic Western man with no name kind of stuff. I love it. But he's like, the, the Empire on the way out, and he's like, not yet. It's like, those credits are no good to me then. And he's like, right, well, I can pay you in... He, he can pay him in... Um, Calamari, Calamari Flan. Was it? F- I imagine having not seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I love that because you said it was like ah, I didn't even think of Akbar. The first thing I thought of was the terrible skit from Robot Chicken about Akbar's fish sticks. <laughs> I just 
I couldn't help it. Um, Robot Chicken, the Robot Chicken Star Wars trilogy is part of a big, as big a part of Star Wars to me as like Rogue One or, or Solo. I'm like, yeah, it's Star Wars. Um, <laughs> to pass them up is a big mistakey. A big mistakey. Um, good Fuck God, yeah. it's so good. Akbar's fish sticks from the sea. Um, You're a bad person. So he, he takes that, but it's like half the fee, and he accepts yeah. it. And you realise, okay, so this guy, he's a bounty hunter, he kills people for a living, he collects on what appears to be a, uh, what are they called? There's like a, a, an organisation of some kind that, that deal in these underground, like assassinations and, and kidnappings. And... Uh, it's the Bounty Hunter Guild. The Guild, that's it. Um, yeah, it's the Bounty Hunters Guild. So the, uh, the old guild, um, old guild, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the guild, um, what do you call it? Uh, he obviously is. It's still running its operations, but he's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I won't happily take half of what that bounty was worth, so I don't have to be mixed up in the empire. So this is a guy who, despite being a murderer for a living, has at least an honor system, and it's a nice bit of character building that foreshadows the end of the episode, where when he goes after his essentially black market target, where there's no like want, there's no like wanted material for it. It's all under the table, yeah. but it's really does, highly does it- paid. Um, doesn't know anything about the target other than it's 50 years old. It's 50 years old. They want it... Uh, well, <laughs> a, a scientist wants it alive. Uh, yeah. Werner Herzog's character, who's basically the... Um, I guess he's the... I mean, I don't know who he is yet. Based on what I know, he's, he's just whoever's running this particular hit. He is... I think he's only credited as the client. Yes. Oh, there it is. That's good. Um, he, uh, he only uh, wants it this 55-year-old charge, he only wants it and that's it, the be-all and end-all. He doesn't care what state it's in, whereas his doctor yeah. is like, no, I want it alive. And I'm like, mm, there's some creepy science shit going on here. Okay. Mm. Um, Werner Herzog is surrounded by dusty-as-fuck stormtroopers who are obviously loyal to him. Yeah. Um, we're all very trigger-happy uh, and skittish, as you would be walking around in that damn armour. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're some different armour, folks. It's okay, because they can't hit shit. <laughs> but... Lots of people have been set on this uh, onto this target, this fifty-five-year-old target, including an IG unit voiced by Taiko Atiti, who yes. is terrifying. That thing IG is IG eleven. That I thing think. is terrifying to look at. It's yeah. horrifying, but it's great because you finally get to see one move. Like we didn't see IG eighty-eight move in Empire Strikes Back. No. It's just there no. as part of the lineup, and it's left to our imaginations to imagine what it would do. And now we yeah, know. Yeah, so you need to get the now non-canon Star Wars Legends Shore Story Collection, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, damn it. Or, or just watch Star Wars Robot Chicken. Um, so... Or Shadows of the Empire, he's <laughs> in that as well. Um, I noticed we also got a bit of a... Uh, who's the lizard one? Bosk. Is that Bosk? Yes. We got, a bit, of a, we got a bit of a Bosk nod in the second episode when that like clan ambush... Um, Ambush the, uh, the 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 child and and the Mandalorian in the canyon at the very start, oh, and they're yeah, sort of the yeah. same, but they've got more prosthetic mouths. It's like they've actively made the choice of if we're going to do that species, let's make it so the actors can bloody talk instead of it just yeah, being a, yeah. a beaky mouth like a lizard mouth. But um, so that him and this IG unit uh, have a shootout uh, in the middle of a valley. What planet is it? Does it say? It does. It's very Tatooine. Like it's it's a remember. desert planet. It's not Tatooine. But it's not Tatooine, but it does have Jawas and Sandcrawlers. Yes. Which is now, yes. I guess, saying the Jawas are on multiple like planets. They they live on mostly yeah. sand planets and they're scavengers. 
okay, sure, I can take that. Um, and, and they get to this small and, this camp. And they like eggs. They bloody love eggs. <laughs> they chuffing love that cream egg son of a bitch. They really do. Seaweedy cream egg. Available for Easter. Um, that was so weird, man. Um, but a clean cut as well. Chop. <laughs> it's like, top right off. Let's go. Um, good knives. Good knives. Sharp knives. There's at least one Houdini, which made me happy. Um, oh, yeah. So they get to this place, and it's on a, this desert planet, and a nearby resident helps the Mandalorian out in finding his target, because the, the nearby resident is an Ugnot, right? Is that what species he is? Yes. Voiced by fucking he is an, Nick Nolte. He's an, an Ugnot voiced by Nick Nolte. An Ugnot voiced by Nick Nolte that not only is a completely practical effect from the actor who's performing the role... Yeah. But doesn't have the Ugnot because the Ugnot's an empire, right? They're working in the, the tech... Yes. Yeah. And their, their mouths are just cut. They've got that big grimace and the sort of larger lower lip. And in that, they just kind of move minimally. And it's just sort of like a... It's like a, it's like a low-rent beaker from Muppets you kind want, of Yeah, thing. you only see them briefly. Yeah, they just sort of go like... Meh, meh, meh. Yeah. This one, they've gone, yeah, sod that. Completely animatronic mouth. Let's go. And it looks amazing. And it's performed yeah, there's so a well. lot of practical effects in this. And I guess they could afford to do it because they. this is the show that's brought back, like, in a big way, the uh, bat- rear projection, rear projection yeah. technology. So a lot of the, a lot of what would be matte shots are in-camera rear-projected backgrounds. Yeah. Which is good in a way because, like, there are actors who, of course, now are used to green screen. They get how to kind of work with that environment. But imagine yeah. if you were working with, essentially, in function, a green screen environment, but one where you can see what your character is meant to actually be seeing. That must help yeah. so much. And it looks yeah. gorgeous. Like it looks so good. The show looks expensive as fuck, and it will be. And it must, it, but it won't be yeah. anywhere near as expensive as it looks because of the technology and the shortcuts they're using. Plus, yeah. it's got a really good visual language, which is established in the first episode by Dave Filoni as the director for the first episode. Yeah, Dave yeah. Filoni's uh, he's basically like been making Star Wars television for forever. Like, yeah, he's the Star Wars TV guy. Yeah. Like his, Rebels, he's Clone the guy Wars. behind Rebels and, and Clone and Wars and what's the current one? Resistance. Resistance. Like he, it's his jam, and that yeah. visual language is absolutely there in that first episode. It's all there. Don't forget John Favreau. Favreau, yeah, Favreau directed number two. Uh, uh, he, he kind of, he, I feel like the two of them have worked together to determine how the show should look. Favreau's the de facto showrunner. <clears throat> yeah. But, but like this is this is his baby. But you can you can see um, Filoni's like animation eye on this. With oh, all absolutely. Shots, there are yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of reaction shots, yeah. which TV used to do more of, more of that, but has done less of it over the years. And this show, considering its protagonists, much like animated series that are made, you know, on the cheap and on the fly, considering its protagonists and a lot of its main characters have faces that barely move or are completely covered, a mm-hmm. lot of time is dedicated to close-up shots, reactionary shots that linger, which is very, very animation, especially Clone Wars. If you look at Clone Wars, there's a lot of characters leaving a room. The close will go to the character who's still in the room as they're leaving, and it'll just be a lingering shot for just a moment, watching their face, and then we'll cut to the next thing. And and it letting things breathe. And that's what I mean by the like, um, picture book storytelling. It, it's it's comic panels. It's It's cheap animation mind uh, set of yeah. we need to get the yeah. most out of every shot that we can even if the shots we can't be given a lot to work with we're going to get the most out of each individual shot and as a result it's got a nice slow methodical visual style to it well the first two episodes which is weird because slow. the episodes are short mm. as well yeah 
they're what 24 minutes they're around a half hour each I yeah think. and it's it it doesn't feel like you've rushed through it no. each each one feels slow when again two episodes in not much happens in either episode we see a bounty he's told he's about spe- but told about a special one he meets the client he has yep. a shootout he finds the thing he needs to get end of episode next one he travels a bit his ship gets fucked him and his mate go talk to the Jawas. He fights a monster. He goes home. Like, not much <laughs> happens. <clears throat> but it all feels yeah. worth spending time on. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the tiny green uh, elephant in the room. The child. Child. The 55-year-old target. And as the IG points out, some species age differently. Shane will never find out, as he just raises his gun to kill it. Yeah. Um, and then you hear a gun gunshot. As a close up on the Mandalorian's helmet, you hear a gunshot. Uh, next thing you know, uh, the IG unit is dead uh, on the floor. Uh, nice. Yeah, you can tell he's not said it yet once. No one has said it yet. But you can already tell from this blank, expressionless helmet that he's having second thoughts about what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Because even the Ugnaught, I have spoken, at the end of the second one is like, Go on, you better take your quarry. And I suppose it is better alive than dead. Go take it. Off you go. Get get your money. Get your bounty. And you're like... Am I the only <laughs> one here, as the viewer, who can see that that dude whose face we can't see is hesitant <laughs> about this? And it's just... It's the way it's told. It's the visual language of the show. It's done yeah. so well. Um, Baby Yoda, it's, uh, it's not Baby Yoda, it's the child, but for shorthand, we're going to refer to it as Baby Yoda because the whole internet has. God, it's cute. It's it's a hell of a puppet, it's isn't it? It's beautiful. I have seen the creature in the flesh. <laughs> and it made me weep. Um, it was heartbreaking. Um, it's, it's a, it, not only is it a great looking puppet, but the amount they can actually do with it. Mm. Is really impressive. Every time it gets out of its goddamn pram mm. and walks over to him and he just goes like, oh, for God's sake. He just picks it up and puts it back in. It's, it's so really cute. cute. Um, but actually having a physical thing there on set that can emote, mm. again, must have been so useful. And it just get, it makes it feel like more of a character. Mm. Which is part of the joy of it. I mean, even the... Yeah. Well, the puppeteers are putting in a real <clears throat> performance with it. Yeah. Yeah. And even even just little elements like the beast that he defeats in the second episode is a CGI creature, mm. but he's being dragged around through mud. He's being slammed up against stuff, so there's no and that's a real physical performance. So even stuff like that where they have yeah. to rely on CGI to create it, you get the sense the actors were still given like, yeah, you are going to feel what's happening. Like we're going to put you through this shit. Yeah, it's got a real weight to it. Yeah, um, and the baby Yoda is is absolutely the prime example of that. In effect, it's beautiful. As is just seeing Werner Herzog in a Star Wars product. What on Please, earth? lower your blaster. <laughs> all right, all right, Werner. Mr. So-and-so dick. Um, <laughs> I want to see that edit. <laughs> um, just, it, it looks lovely. The Jawas look great. It was... It, it, it definitely is guilty of weaponizing nostalgia. There's absolutely oh, nostalgia absolutely. weaponization here. But it's for stuff that we fell in love with from a practical era, and it's still practical. Like, the way the Sandcrawler looks, the way the Jowers behave, it's all great. It's brilliant. Yeah. All well in character. Uh, the IG is wonderfully creepy, the way it moves and everything. 
uh, Taika Waititi gives a sort of an un-Taika Waititi-esque performance for it. But, yep. but his comic sensibilities help land the the, the sort of just funny moments that it delivers because the character isn't yeah. a funny character, but it constantly being like, uh, my programming disallows me to be taken or kidnapped. I must self-destruct. And you're just like, whoa, now! <laughs> no. <laughs> Having that comedic sensibility behind it helps with the delivery. Um, yeah. I really like it, and I can't wait to see where the next six weeks take me. Um, no, I'm really excited to hear from you about what the next six weeks have got in store for you. Be, you know, I'm really looking forward oh, to so it. Also, those paintings <clears throat> at the end of every episode. Hot damn. They're the concept art. It's beautiful. It shows yeah. you how closely they've matched it. Because it's just like, yeah. oh, guys. And you can tell it's early concept <clears throat> art because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, like, especially where they've cast actors in it mm. that don't look like the concept art. Yeah, yeah. But they keep it because it just helps. It just gives the, it helps show the work that they've done. Yeah. And it's and also it evokes the Ralph McQuarrie style, so god, it does. <gasps> which is so Star Wars. Speaking of, oh my god! Um, so we talk about the artwork and everything. Have you seen the Ralph McQuarrie homage uh, of from the Star Wars saga box set, the Blu-ray box set of the, the 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 six films? There's a beautiful painting in the McQuarrie style of Boba Fett on top of uh, the great sort of like feathery dragon beast from, yeah, from the holiday, from the holiday special. special. The yeah, only acknowledgement yeah, yeah. in any official product that the holiday special exists, even though yeah. it doesn't say that that's what it's from. Um, there's a motherfucking throwaway mention of that beast in the first episode of this. The Mandalorian that he goes to, she mentions uh, like riding the something. No, no, the uh, the Ugnaught mentions like Mandalorians used to ride the back of a mighty whatever. And it's like... That's the big fucking beast that Boba Fett was riding in the holiday special. <laughs> but not just that, Life Day gets a flat out mention. Yep. From his first bounty, yep. he just mentions Life Day. You're like, they made Life Day canon in the new canon. Life Day's Brilliant. canon. Brilliant. We celebrate a day of peace. As of yet, the holiday special Probably has not, not been song, contradicted. <clears throat> Which makes me happy. <laughs> uh, mm. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, my next Disney Plus venture is probably going to be uh, the Imagineering documentary because uh, uh, having having lost a vacation next month, uh, I'm holding out all hope for my toward the end of the year Disney one and I want to get as much Disney in my system now as possible so that if it gets cancelled, yeah. I can be like, well, at least I visited in my dreams and then cry. And wank. Oh, poor Chris. Wank cry. Oh, God. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I've I've been doing a lot of streaming, um, well, the, watching streaming. There not is, broadcasting there is a cream streaming. for that, but they say that if it continues, regardless um, after four days, you need to uh, you need to consult a physician. It will stop the streaming without the screaming. <laughs> um, so, um, so first off, today I watched <clears throat> Brightburn, which I'm not really going to talk about because I know you want to see. Yeah, it. we just before just so we'll before isolation, we picked up the Blu-ray, yeah. so uh, we need to crack on. Well, with it. it's on Now TV at the moment, so I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. Um, and I know uh, Keeks wasn't one to watch it because uh, she had she got the distinct impression there's some gnarly stuff in there mm. because, of course, there's the bit from the trailer <laughs> with the glass in the eye, and she's not a fan of eye stuff. Um, <gasps> oh God, I can't. I can't can confirm that there is gnarliness in there, but we'll talk about that more mm. when you've seen it. But rest assured, you're in for a good time. Um, but as mentioned on last week's podcast, <laughs> <sighs> thanks to 
most, if not all, of the series being on Now TV, I thought, you know what? I've never seen a Friday the 13th movie. I, I, I should check those out. And around last Halloween, I watched the first one and I was like, this is not great. And then <laughs> recently I watched the second one and was like, this is even worse. <laughs> and <laughs> so today I watched three and four. Wait, you double build? Three. Double build. So you, you double build the first two where Jason is like the archetypal Jason. The hockey mask. Hockey yeah, mask, yeah. Uh, full on uh, boiler suit by this point. Friday the 13th Part 3, which was originally shot in 3D, so it has some really weird framing. And some really deliberate um, toward the camera moments. Some uh, some really odd ones as well, <laughs> um, which I'll get into. And then Friday the 13th Part 4, the... Uh, what's it? Uh, the cash in inning. No, it, uh, the final chapter. That's what it's called. Oh! <laughs> of a, of a nine then, film series, right? Which is then followed a year later by Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Uh, oh, Jesus. Which I don't think is on Now TV. Oh. Which is why I stopped at 4 and didn't watch 5. <laughs> and also because uh, they're really boring. <laughs> like, sorry, so apologies to any horror fans out there. Um, don't apologise to them, they know what they've done. <laughs> you kind of know what Friday the 13th because it's, is because it's become so parodied. It is horny teenagers... In in a camp yeah. slash cabin slash whatever farm, <laughs> um, getting picked off one by one by a silent, violent killer in a mask. There's not really a plot to any of them. Here's people say things, people say words yeah. that form sentences, <laughs> and those sentences form coherent thoughts, but they don't really mean anything. And I suppose and people talk about. I suppose the kills, um, like, wouldn't necessarily be ver- varied either. Um, there is some variety, and there's some artistry in the effects work, particularly in the first and fourth ones, because those are ones that Tom Savini worked on. Oh, good old um, Tom Savini. But it's just a bit like, oh, this girl's taking her top off, and she's going skinny dipping alone in the middle of the night, and now she's being stabbed. And that's, it's just that. There it is. Eight or nine times <laughs> with <laughs> basically. Oh dear. Like string stab that's become so popular in Red Letter Media videos. That's from Friday the 13th. Um, it's. Right, so. <laughs> For those who don't know, what is the basic setup of the Friday the 13th series? So the first one. <laughs> But um, I can I can take I can take this of, one. <laughs> you take the first one. You take that one. Bunch of teens are murdered around a lake by a crazy old bitch. Basically, yeah. um, bunch of bunch of new councillors at camp <laughs> councillors at Camp Crystal Lake get picked off by uh, what turns out to be the mother of a boy named Jason who <clears> drowned <throat> because of negligent councillors years before. Yeah. So she's killing off the new councillors as, as revenge. Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. Yes. And then at the end, it's got a scare, jump scare ending where a, a rotted Jason corpse jumps out of the river at the, at the last, at the final girl. Um, Credit. 
Yeah. yeah. Part two opens with um, said final girl being killed by Jason in her apartment after the fact. She opens a fridge and finds the severed head of Pamela, which she severed. Yeah. In there, in the fridge, and then gets Jasoned. <laughs> um, Damn, girl, you got Jason. And then it's and then it, the two takes place at a counselor training camp adjacent to Old Camp Crystal Lake, which has <clears> since been <throat> cordoned off. Um, and then two, three, and four basically all take place over the course of a weekend. <laughs> Jeez. So at the end of two. Which, which features Jason, Jason in dungarees and a burlap sack for a mask. Yes, uh, it's a pillowcase. Ah, yes. Uh, at the end of two, the, the lone survivor, the final girl, is, is carried off. And then um, Jason is left for dead, but he's not really dead. And then three begins with him sort of stalking a, a nearby like, convenience store and murdering the owners. And then another group of horny teenagers comes and stays on a nearby farm, which Jason has staked in his territory. And also there's a biker gang and people get murdered and he gets the hockey mask and <coughs> it's in 3D. So there's stuff like... <clears throat> you all right there, Cocker? Uh, yeah, I just got stabbed so by Jason. Oh, God. So this stuff right. like... It's fires all right. I'm the final girl. He fires a harpoon gun at one girl and it goes to her eye, but it shot so the harpoon goes towards the camera. Of course. And stuff like that. But then there's also silly stuff like there's a stoner couple in this group of horny teenagers, because of course there is. Um, and one of them's making popcorn and he's putting his face down over the pan as the, as the corn pops to catch him in his mouth. And so you get a POV shot of above the pan with the corn popping into the camera. Jesus. Um, and then, like, there's another one with, like, well, he's, he's offering someone a joint um, in the back of the van, and he's offering it to the camera. Oh, Christ. Um, stuff like Shots that. Shots that basically, um, outside of the initial 3D showing, don't work and age terribly. Yeah, and, I've got, and the, the opening credits, uh, the opening titles with the, all the cast and stuff have got the, the sort of Superman <clears throat> font shadow effect. Ah, right. So they jump out with this big, uh, long shadow trail that makes no sense because it's not in 3D. Um, and also the print that's on Now TV is shit. Like, it's really dirty. You can see dirt on the actual film. Oh, God. It's really messy. That's worrying. Um, and then four. These are all a year apart, by the way. Okay. No, they're not. Uh, the first one was in 1980. And then it was 82, 83, 84. Oh, okay. So it's a bit of a time jump when they went, yeah. this uh, this slasher thing has probably got some legs. Yeah. Let's make more of these things. Uh, number four was, was supposed to be the end of the series. Didn't happen because it was very successful. Um, <clears throat> and it's Halloween all over again. Why, I don't know why any of these were successful, but maybe it was because they weren't cliched then. But yeah. cliche or not, I don't think they were, I don't think they're very good. The, the slasher genre um, kind of grew from the back of, off the back of Halloween and then became a thing. Like the eighties were full of it because of course well, by eighty eighty four you had Elm Street, first Elm Street. Yeah. So well, the thing uh, that, like Friday the Thirteenth probably like let's keep making more of these because that one did well. So let's keep going. The, the thing that Friday the Thirteenth lacks that Halloween and Elm Street have is uh, a. A, a compelling mythology from the off. Mm. I think they probably try and build one eventually, but they haven't got there as a part four. Yeah. 
Um, and <laughs> interesting characters. Because is and the supernatural element apparent in the first four? As of the end of the fourth one, <clears throat> it's very much a Michael Myers thing and that he just seems to be able to survive yeah. otherwise fatal injuries. Like, so far... So far, as of the start... So at the start of four, he escapes from the morgue that he's taken to at the end of three. Yeah. So at some point, I guess he wasn't really dead despite taking an axe to the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he escapes... Yeah, he escapes from the hospital and... Escapes from the morgue and goes back to somewhere near where he was, I guess where there's a set of teenagers, of horny teenagers, including Crispin Glover, in a... The fuck? <laughs> in, a ho- in a house, and then there's Corey Feldman and his mother and older sister in uh, that live nearby. So and he's sort of terrorising both of those, but it's not clear how close together they are or where they are in relation to the, the Camp Crystal Lake, but it's only it's the day after the third one so who knows what the fuck <laughs> um four actually has some is is the best of the, of the of the four that i saw because it's got crispin glover in it and he's always great what in uh, he's always a good watch um it's got cory feldman in it which is a fascinating Corey, watch backwards always a fascinating watch um and tom savini came back to do the effects so the effects are good um so yeah it's uh it, but it's bad. It's just boring. It's just the same thing over and over again. It's like Jason stalking, Jason stalking, Jason stalking. Oh, did I see something behind me? No, I didn't see anything behind me. Oh no, I did a naughty thing. I'm just coming down from having had sex with my boyfriend slash girlfriend, and I'm gonna come and get a beer. Oh, oh, oh no! I've turned around and Jason's killed me. Ah! <clears throat> like C- Crispin Glover's character, for example. <clears throat> goes to get a bottle of wine mm-hmm. after he's just had sex for what's implied to be the first time. Because, um, again, they're all teenagers. Um, horny teenagers. Uh, teenagers. He's in, he's in the kitchen looking for the corkscrew. And what do you know? Fucking Jason pins his hand to the chopping board with the corkscrew. And then as he turns around in pain, he gets a cleaver to the face. <sighs> Yeah. While his mate is in the living room watching, like, vintage uh, film reel soft porn that they found in the house, with a, along with the projector for some reason. Right. Is that so, at and some the, point, someone can stand in front of the projector and cast a silhouette on the wall? No, he goes... He, he, uh, um, <laughs> he, go, he goes up to the projector screen later on, and then the film finishes and he turns around and Jason stabs him through the projector screen and he falls down and leaves a bloodstain on the projector screen and it tears. Okay. I think we've figured out the problem, Doctor. Um, <laughs> I think if these had been your first slasher movies... I've seen all this, They yeah. would, they would have blown before. your mind. I've seen it and I've seen it done better. <clears throat> I mean, hell, from his peers... Halloween did it stronger in 78. Yeah. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street found a unique way to do it as a framing device. And as bad as those films get, they're imaginative as fuck. 
Because there's nothing interesting about any of the characters, mm. and none of them carry over from film to film, with the exception of cameos at the start from the previous um, film. Like, all the first four films all start with recaps of the previous films using footage from the previous films. Right. It's almost like a previously on kind of thing. Yeah, but not in a compelling um, Evil Dead 2, we're going to remake the whole movie no. in 10 minutes kind of way. No, and then two, of course, starts with that with the um, the final girl of the first one being killed by Jason, which again would become a, a, a franchise slash <laughs> slash a franchise trope, um, as parodied in both Scream and Scary Movie, I believe. Mm. Um, so it, but it's just not it. All of it is just not very interestingly done. Like the scripts are paper thin, the characters are basically non-existent. The dialogue is perfunctory at best, and is occasion and you know what little wit there is there is occasion is entirely invented by the performers who occasionally are good but mostly are bad. <laughs> and in the case, the female ones are usually naked. Um, I think I know why they were popular. It's just, it was the yeah, only way. It was just, the only way for teenagers. To get away yeah, with having boobs on screen that. at home in the like, 80s. If this was, oh, it's a horror like, film, Mum. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's so... But it, it, it's, it's, it sort of creates a sort of upsetting relationship between titillation and violence. Yeah. Because it is often so immediately after, like, getting naked or having sex that these women are murdered. <laughs> Which which, which itself becomes be a, a trope of, of horror from that era as well, as it? The sort of death by sex yeah, idea. Yeah, the idea of like, how, how dare you sin? It. Here's what can happen now. And it's like, yeah, but that's not what happens. But then that's never really... Apart from... Apart from uh, it really feels... Pamela in the first yeah. one. Like, so, saying, ah, oh, they were too busy fornicating to look after my Jason. Okay. It doesn't yeah. really... Like that sort of mora- morality angles really come up. Oh, they rarely do. Other than like, they rarely do. It, it's it. You're just introduced to this group of teens who are promiscuous and drinking and usually smoking weed and whatever else and generally unruly. And they get picked off one by one for no reason. Yeah. Like there's no there's no reason for Jason to be doing any of this. Like no one ever goes into why he's doing it or what's what's the motivation even if there is no motivation like in Halloween you've at least got the Dr. Loomis character who's like I, I can't I have to stop him because I can't work out why he's doing it and mm. it, it doesn't make any sense but you at least get that someone has that conversation yeah yeah um, whereas then none of that happens it's just like ah ha 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 teenagers being funny ah ha 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 teenagers being sexy are dead yeah that's just that's, <laughs> that's just all it is I for the sake of experimentation, I kind of want you to stick with it. I'm because I want to see. I want to see how. But you've watched the final chapter. But I want to see how mm. the series um, plays for you when it starts to lean more into the supernatural element. Because that was it's... that was the downfall of the Halloween series. Like the longer it went on, the more it was like, oh, it's supernatural and there's cults involved, and that removes all the the horror yeah. from it. Yeah. Um, whereas, and I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, because what have you got? Yeah, you've got um, New Beginning, which is chapter five. Um, new Beginning. Uh, so chapter five is New Beginning. Chapter six is something uh, or other. So four, five, and six all have the, the, the Corey Feldman character from the fourth one. Yeah. It is 
so the the fifth one's set a few years later, and it's a teenage version of that. So it's a different actor, right? Okay. And then he's in six as well. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't remember what the six subtitles for six. No, that's eight. Oh Jesus! Seven is the new blood. Eight is takes Manhattan. Yeah. Um. Then it's uh, Jason goes to hell. The final Friday. Yeah, which which is the one that ends with a tease that then gets responded to in Freddy, so in versus, Freddy Jason. versus Jason. But before Freddy versus Jason, you get Jason, Jason X. X, which is set chronologically later than any of them because yes, it's in the far because future. it's set in the far future on a space station. Have you seen Jason X? And it's no, I've not seen it Jason is X. Delightful schlock. I'm actually looking forward to Jason. Yeah, it's delightful schlock, but it's not intending um, to be delightful schlock. It thinks it's great horror. No, but it, it it was that sort of early 2000s wave of 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 uh, of horror movies where they started they, they were absurd. Mm. Dracula 3000, anyone? Yeah. And um was it Dracula 2000? Dracula no Dracula 2000. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where, they, where they were just absurd nonsense. Leprechaun in the hood. Yeah. Uh, Leprechaun in the hood 2 and had New metal soundtrack. So they were always advertised in Kerrang. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so yeah, that starts in the late nineties, doesn't it? And it becomes, it just becomes yeah. a thing. So I kind, I kind of, uh, I'm aware of it, even if not, I haven't seen it. But uh, and I was aware of the, and I was aware of Jason Goes to Hell because it was one of those movies that where the VHS cover was very memorable. Yeah. Because it was a a, a CGI metal hockey mask with a demon snake poking out of one eye. Yeah. Against a flame background, yeah, and it was like, oh, this is this is a thing. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of thing that sticks in a six year old's memory. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna stick with it because I've come this far, and I have to know. Will you watch Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, I'll watch all of them. Eventually. And then, yeah, then will you watch the 2009 Friday the Thirteenth remake? Yes. And then will you? I might watch that one now. Then actually, will you get it, opening day tickets to the a current in production remake? That shit's in development hell, boy. <clears throat> Jason goes to development hell, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so, uh, but I don't, but I I'm not going to pay for any of them. No. So, oh, there's a ghost behind oh, you. Wow, Lucy has appeared, <laughs> wearing a ghost t-shirt um, and, and and bringing oh. me a cup of tea. She's awesome. Thank you. Hee <laughs> Oh, I have to put a name in the credits now for the episode. Interloper. <laughs> she spoke on mic. God damn it! How much do I get paid? You don't get paid anything. We don't get paid anything. Yeah. So sorry. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Soz, soz balls. Um, Take your cute dog and be gone. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's it's a hell of an experiment, <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, will it be worthwhile? Folks? With it, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not paying for any of them, so I don't know. I don't think five is on. Now TV. Six and seven and eight are. Mm. But I don't think five, nine and Jason X are. And Freddy vs. Jason is. You might, so I'm going to have to shop around I was going to say, you might have to perform a, a naughty for number five just to fill that gap. Oh, yay. Yeah, perform a naughty. Well, if, if, yeah, because I don't do that for things at, at all. No, if the, I definitely didn't do that for The Mandalorian at all. I definitely didn't do that for The Mandalorian. No. I definitely didn't do that for the Nicolas Cage Colour Out of Space because it was only playing at home cinema for like three days and that was £10 a ticket. Yeah. And then all the cinemas closed. Yeah. How was that, by the way? It's excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. And when it becomes legitimately available, you should get it. I shall. I'm going to buy I'm. I'm going to, I'm probably going to pick up the blue. Well, if your marathon ends up lasting a million years, uh, let's make a big damn commentary play date for Freddy versus Jason. 
because oh, that, yeah, that is the that. one uh, Friday the 13th movie I own. Um, I'd love that. And I have a soft spot for it because it is dreadful. Yeah, um, I've heard it's dreadful. <clears throat> namely because my favourite random bit of trivia about it is there is a character in it who uh, originally they were speaking to Jason Mewes about playing. And yes. then he didn't yeah, 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 play yeah, it. Yeah. And the character is basically Jay from Jay and Silent Bob and, and the Clerks films. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, without shame, they've just gone to who the actor who plays the part, play it like Jay. And he does. And it's really, really, really weird. And made even more weird by the fact that around the same time, a couple of years before, Jay and Bob cameoed in Scream 3. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's really, in a scene Odd. that is meant to be sort of loosely taking place, maybe at the same time as the events of the last act of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Despite the fact that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, I, before we get to that point, I also, if I'm doing all the Friday the 13th, I might as well do all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Now that... Because I've only be seen, I, I've only seen the first one and the remake. Those are the only ones you've seen? Yeah. My I've seen dude! Bits of new, I've seen bits of New Nightmare. Right. You are in for a treat because... But I haven't seen they any get, of the they others. They get bad, but two things... But they get weird, two things remain which is un- why I'm interested last in thing, them. two things remain unshakable. One... They're always creative. No matter what, they're yeah. always creative. Even if it's not hitting, none of them are like, that was garbage. It was, oh, that, was, that wasn't a great movie. That bit, though, was really cool. And that bit was really mm. good. And two, Robert Englund is a fucking superstar. Well, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what the character of Jason is kind of missing because it's not a consistent performer mm. across the film. So even the physicality changes. So the physicality changes, his, his makeup, the look of him changes. Mm. Oh yeah, I've um, I just from like looking at the the Necker action figures, like what's under the yeah. mask looks so different from film to film. Yeah, the hockey mask doesn't come in until the third one, mm. and then it, it, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a consistent costume or he doesn't even have a consistent weapon like a lot of people. Um, a lot of times he's he's portrayed with the machete, but I don't think he actually killed anyone with a machete in the first four. four. Oh no, I think he does actually. It's difficult to tell whether it was a machete or some other kind of bladed implement from shot to shot because it just he just uses whatever's at hand. What he needs is a glove blade and a strappy jumper. <laughs> There's a moment in three where he kills two bikers with a with a um, gardening fork. Okay. <laughs> so it's like that bit. It's like that bit with the uh, with Zygon Harry in the interior of the Zygons, but bloodier and with less emotional stakes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. There's one from with no emotional. There's one Nightmare on Elm Street kill later into the series where it becomes less. The series becomes less good. Where there's a lady who's a bodybuilder. She's a massive like gains freak, and her yeah. fear is bugs because earlier on a cockroach really freaks her out. So those oh, yeah. are the two bits of information that it, the film feeds you before eventually her nightmare happens, and she's lifting. Uh, Freddy's suddenly there and he just is holding the bar down and she can't and it's like going further and further down she's unable to lift it and she's like panicking her elbows rip open and eventually her arms come away and she stands up and protruding from the stumps that were her elbows a giant fucking cockroach legs and she's just screaming yeah so like that it's in a terrible movie but it's a damn interesting kill yeah there's nothing (coughs) that yeah like there's nothing about uh, what Nightmare on Elm Street does, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, about Friday, what Friday the 13th does that has any of the the sort of thought put into it as that does, of like establishing a character, establishing their fears, yeah. 
and putting them in a scenario which plays on those fears. It's just, uh, you skinny dipped and then you ended up in this dinghy yeah. for, for no reason and now I'm stabbing you through the bottom of the dinghy. Oh, okay. Uh, Two teens having sex. I'm going to put a pole through both of them and stab them together and put it into the floor. Ah! Also, also, unlike the Friday the 13th series, the Nightmare on Elm Street series actually keeps its promise mostly. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare is indeed the one where Freddy is killed off and it's the last one of that series. (laughs) Yeah, because New Nightmare is like a meta thing. New Nightmare is a meta story that takes place in our world and it's really good. Like it's post Scream Wes Craven going, now how can I do Scream but for Freddy specifically? And it it's and it brings back Heather Lagenkamp. At this point, no longer an actor, she's just playing herself in this. Like she was Nancy yeah. in the original uh, original one and the, and the third one, uh, and she's just playing herself in this, and she's great in it. Um, it's really bloody good. And after the fact, because actors from the first one appear in it, after the fact, uh, people were like, "Oh, so it's a shame you couldn't get Johnny Depp." And they were like, "Yeah, we just figured he'd be too busy." Johnny Depp found out about it and went. I would have done it. I absolutely would have come because at this point it's like you know, shockalar Johnny Depp, like he's you know, post Cry Baby, post Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. They just assumed he wouldn't be interested, and he was like, "No, I absolutely would have come back to do this. This sounds great." And it's like, ah, oh, well, that would have been an interesting version of the film, like to see that extra layer to it. But the end, the ending sequence of New Nightmare is horrifying. Like it's really, like it's very, it's Doom Eternal. It's that kind of levels of what the hell is happening right oh, now. Ice. Um, yeah, and yeah. then Freddy vs. Jason's the next one canonically, and it's it's more of an epilogue. It doesn't require you to to know the events of the series, other than Freddy yeah. is legit in hell. Like, he's gone now. He is a whisper in the wind, and fear needs to be brought back to the people of... Uh, I'm trying what it's called now. Spring something, the town where Elm Street is. Like, fear needs to be brought back, and as to do that, he sends um, Voorhees back to Earth. Like he forces him back to Earth to kill people around that area, which stokes the urban legend of Freddy again, and starts. It's so dumb. It's it. dumb, but it's the it, it it's sort of like you don't need to know either of them. All you need to know is hey, two slashers. One's magic. They're both dead. Now they're gonna kill people, and Wait. at some point they're gonna beat each other up. Um, um yeah. <laughs> on the subject of whispers and fear, have you had a chance to watch Candyman yet? <clears throat> Not yet. No, we need to crack into that one. I just I th- it'd be worth talking about it when you say uh, I do I, I, um, I need to sit Lou down tonight we started because uh, obviously we plowed through our Doc 2 marathon a bit um, tonight yes. we started Underworld I forgot the amount of bouffant haircuts in Underworld Jesus Christ oh yeah have I seen I haven't, I haven't the heart to tell you <laughs> because was... after this is the invasion of time which to me is like the archetypal problematic seven episode story because it's like yeah. uh, six episodes in it Invasion of Time it's like yeah. these first three are really interesting and then the real villain reveals himself and this is cool and then we run around a leisure centre for three episodes pretending it's the TARDIS why can't every six episode story be the seeds of death <gasps> oh, no it's doom. doom it's a doom the Tom Baker yeah. one the Tom Baker one yeah why can't every yeah. six episode story just be clips of Barbara and Ian being awesome. Not even a story, just clips of just clips of those two being great. So this, I just, I never finished the chase. By the oh, way, but you'll, I you have the last to. There's a meme. There's a meme in the last episode. London, 1965. Oh, the, the, London's 1965. <laughs> um, 
Right, let's do some emails and then I'm going to go. Emails? Yeah, emails. Woo! That's all I've got. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so, uh, emails. Yes. Meme mails. From y'all. This one came in a, a couple of weeks back, um, but I didn't get to it because it's because I knew we wouldn't have anything uh, to talk about because nothing's happened in the world except for the virus. Um, <laughs> Virals? So, this one comes in from George and it's a long one. Um, and like I say, it's a couple of weeks old. Uh, so apologies for that, George. Uh, greetings, uh, big damn lads. Seeing as we're quarantining ourselves and I haven't sent you an email full of random shit for what feels like a century, I thought it was the perfect time to get in touch. First off, I'd like to congratulate you boys on your Patreon and once this contagion subsides, as well as various payments I have that should see me saving some money, I will be pledging my cash to you fine fellows. Hopefully merchandise won't be far behind. Uh, at, at this rate, God knows. Um, <laughs> Big damn tote bags. Yeah. Put your um, shit in a bag. <laughs> Carry it on a string. It's never comfortable. Uh, why did these? Yeah. Why did these become a thing that people use? Tote bags. Um, tote bags. Fucking. That's up. it. That's the. We're not that's doing commercial. We're definitely not doing tote bags. Uh, toe rags. Uh, well, I thought we can do. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who do uh, like Tenacious D did it on their tours and do the official uh, Big Damn Cast cum rag. What is a? You never see the tenacious D comrade. What is the tenacious D comrade? Is it just like a tissue? It's like a. It's like a. Um, like a hand towel. Yeah, like a little, like a little flannel, but with like unicorns on it and shit. Oh god! And the official tenacious D comrade. Oh my god! Um, We're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, the official so, big damn cast official tenacious D comrade. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Doctor Who series twelve happened. Yeah. That was on. It was on TV. Uh, along with... Uh, oh, did you see Jodie Whittaker's little doctor I message? I did. Oh, yes. It, it also cute. gave me a really easy way to block a bunch of people, too. Because you yeah, scroll through yeah. the comments and be like, someone's shitting oh, yeah. on it. This is literally a positive message to reassure kids. Block. <laughs> block. Bye, bye, bye. Don't ever have to see tweets um, from you again. Block. The, be- the best Twitter response I saw to it was the, the campaign to um, crowdfund a replacement for Jodie's iPhone 4. That's um, brilliant. See, that's a that's funny <laughs> negativity. That is negativity where everyone's in on the joke. That's great. I love it. <laughs> or, or people saying, um, if Jodie Whittaker can spend five five ten minutes talking to herself just as the Thirteenth Doctor, uh, talking to a flip phone, then so can I. Um, <laughs> how we doing? I saw one where someone was saying, right. No excuse. Every doctor who's got access to their costume needs to do one of these. And I'm like, if this becomes a thing, if we get Tom through to Jody doing weird little videos with like just a coat on in a cupboard pretending to be the doctor, I'm all there for it. Get... I mean, just get Tom to do one and just go. <laughs> oh, oh, my breathing. Oh, my dear. Just get him to laugh for a minute long and that'd be That right. would be beautiful. Um, have you, um, have you, what do you call it? Uh, have you got plans to do the Rose Watch Along on... Probably not. Oh, Baba. Milky. Milky Baba. We'll see. Milky Baba. We'll see. Russell's written a prequel for it, apparently. That's going to be going up on yeah. the Doctor website. A little prequel story. And, uh, uh, and did you what, did you see the, uh, the, the um, introduction to the Day of the Doctor Watch Along? Oh, the, the straps. Yes. Thing. That was yeah. wonderful. Moffat wrote it. Dad Starkey filmed it. 
Neve McIntosh chucks a line in, they edited it, put it online. It's like, this is cute. This is really bloody cute. Yeah, it's cute. Doc- Doctor anyway, Who back to the email. distracted us all for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, Doctor Who Series 12 happened, and I liked it more than Series 11, on the most part. But after talking about it for so long, I'm having some cool down time before the Blu-ray release, and I'll see if my opinion has changed. Duh. <laughs> I wanted to say that because of Tom Monty's email that I do feel like Jodie is a decent doctor, but she's let down by the crowded TARDIS syndrome. I'm all for 13th and Yaz exploring the universe in the next series, especially after her moments in Can You Hear Me? that I hope are explored further. I agree. I agree. Same. Um, I have also had a realisation since the finale regarding the 50th anniversary. <clears throat> Stephen Moffat said that they had to provide the drive to get to the 100th, essentially allowing the show to carry on forever. When the Doctor walks onto 90 Smoke Machine Planet looking at Gallifrey, he says, It's taken me so many years, so many lifetimes, but at last I know where I'm going, where I've always been going, home, the long way round. We assume this to be Gallifrey, but what if after countless lives and regenerations, the Doctor always had something calling them in the back of their mind? It would explain retroactively, retroactively why Hellbent was so soon after the anniversary. The Doctor is going home the long way round, and I hope that a future anniversary elaborates on this. What say you? I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I, that's an interesting idea of the, the Doctor trying to go to where they originally came from before Gallifrey. Yeah, it gives, it, it gives future writers something to play with if Tr- Chris Chibnall doesn't explore I mean, I, it. Which I don't think uh, yeah, maybe he not will. In his, maybe not in his lifetime. It might be one of those things where a future showrunner picks up on it and goes, actually, and, and I'm, yeah. I'm for that in a way. Because to me, the end of Day of the Doctor works perfectly on a watch of Day of the Doctor. Um... And it's really sweet and bombastic and triumphant and lovely. But uh, it is soured a lot mm. by the fact that Gallifrey is kind of thrown away and then is eliminated again in terms of what happens after it, which is a bit sad with that knowledge of, you know, foresight uh, when you're watching it now. But at the same time, to me, the Doctor never wanted to go home to Gallifrey. The universe is their home. Like, they travel. They're a traveller. Um, which Capaldi so beautifully states in um, Death in Heaven. They're all like, I am an idiot, you know, with the box, helping out when I can, all this. Like, that's mm. that's who the Doctor is. They're not fussed about mm. going back to Gallifrey. They just want to know that they just want to know that it's safe. Is it good? Yay! I'm not a double genocide um uh executing maniac who blew up two species, even <laughs> though I spent a bunch of time with trauma, two like three whole incarnations nearly living with the fact that I did. Turns out I'm not. Yay, Gallifrey's safe. I'm moving Yay. on, folks. <clears throat> I think we would. I think we would have dealt moving with it on. in Matt Smith season eight. But yeah, but he left. You reckon? Um, sooner than planned, uh, from what I know, mm. and that's why a lot of story arcs are oh. rushed in Time of the Doctor. Well, he had to get into all those uh, big Hollywood hey, movies. Exactly um, the same for David. <laughs> it takes a little while before the good shit starts coming through. Apparently. Oh, he's got the crown. George the says, crown. I have rem- so, was in the crown. <laughs> yeah. George goes on to say, I've rambled for long enough. Here are my questions. Um, what yes. is the worst adaptation <laughs> oh. of a property you love and the best adaptation of a property you Ooh. hate? The worst adaptation of a property I love is the Peter Jackson yeah. films. Yeah. Hands down. They, they, took, yeah. they took a charming book Either and made that it boring. Or the, that or the Josh Trank Fantastic Four. Yeah, mm, yeah. Do you know what? I think that's that's definitely up there for me. Josh Trank, Fantastic Four, as an example of yeah. taking something I adore and ruining it is 
Um, yeah, as someone who is now two hundred and fifty odd issues deep into yeah. the Fantastic Four run, I'm like <laughs> coming towards the end of the John Byrne run. I'm like, this is fucking great. Why mm. did they fuck this up? I can't wait to see what the MCU do with this. Um, yeah. Artemis Fowl's looking to be on course for the um, exact same sort of thing for me. Like the chart, Artemis Fowl. What's that? Like the charm oh, of what yeah, that yeah, yeah. actually yeah. is and how cleansed it has been based on the trailer for the upcoming movie. It's just like, that's disappointing. Um, hmm. Most video game adaptations uh, into other media. Because they just sort of yeah. ruin it. And uh, the DCEU version of Superman, full stop. I, I just... Yeah. Henry yeah. Cavill could play a great version of that character, but they've never written that character into either of the three films he was in. So... Uh. Yeah. Uh, best adaptation of a property you hate. I can't really think of anything that I don't like that's gotten a good adaptation. Hmm. For me, it's more... Um, uh, a culture thing like i'm and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast i really don't like remakes because nine times out of ten it is just for the sake of you know like uh, cashing in on a named property or brand but that being oh, yeah, said okay, okay. there's a lot of remakes recently that have made me go mm, shit do you know what that's not bad well, actually. I, d- I don't generally have a, i don't like <laughs> i don't have a thing against remakes i don't have a thing against reboots yeah. I just want them yeah. to be good. Yeah. Because I think a bad one can do more harm to the brand than good. And that kind of defeats the object of doing a remake or a reboot because you obviously want to make more money out of it and True. make it relevant True. again. So by failing to make a good one, you're just harming the brand even more. I think that's what I think that's one to put out the listeners actually for next time. Uh who is who is our emaily? George, hello George. So George guys put forward to us like what is your what is the what is the best thing was it uh, what is an example of uh, the best adaptation of something be- you don't like or care for the best the best adaptation of I'm a curious as to what hate. that is because I can't on the top of my head I can't think of a definitive one but I'm sure they're out there no I can't think of anything that I hate that's let us know bigdowncontact at gmail.com if if one comes to mind or let us yeah, know because that's that. that is a good mm, I'll have to have a think about that for next week I think because that's quite a good topic um well, there are more questions as well. Uh, George also asks, uh, which major or minor character would you like to see get a Disney Plus series? And who uh, would play them? Oh, so that's across any property Disney Plus could have access to, I guess. Well, we've already <clears throat> we've already pitched our tent for what we'd like what, to the, add um, to the MCU. The musical Squirrel Girl versus the Serpent Society movie starring Rachel Bloom. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going. I'm still. I'm still going for that. She, she's um, got a baby on the way at the moment. Uh, she's going to want to be doing some more family friendly stuff. So uh, yeah, Squirrel Girl film. Let's do it. Yeah. Although there, there is a Squirrel Girl in the MCU um, in one of the upcoming projects. I can't remember who's playing it, but someone's been cast. It's in the. No, I'm sure there's a live action one that's that's in very early days. Like they've talked about it. Oh, Runaways. She's I not think. in Runaways, but I think she might be coming into it. Yeah, or, or Cloak yeah. and Dagger or something. I'm sure they cast Squirrel Girl somewhere because it was like, oh, darn it. Oh, well, retcon. Rachel Bloom. Let's do good it. Old, um, good <laughs> old Doreen Green. Um, but major or minor characters. Um, I would like... <laughs> um, <laughs> Phil Yurick. I don't know what I'd like. Do an adaptation. Do, do a... 
loosely yeah. used, obviously he wasn't the main character in this book, but loosely used the structure of Marvels and do a story set at the offices of Frontline and and do a do a yeah. Marvel the Marvel MCU from the perspective of a bullpen story. Um I'd watch the shit out of okay. that. Because you've got okay. you absolutely could utilize uh Spider-Man Brain Trust era characters as supporting characters. You could bring Robbie Robertson in there if you want. Yeah. You could absolutely have like Nora Winters. Like there's there's people who would be a lot of fun. Do do your Sam Jackson big paid for cameo appearance from the start of Agents of Shield and in one episode have this kid submit <laughs> some photos. And then be like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a bit blurry. Tell you what, Peter, if you work on your technique, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, just do it. Just set it up and be like, there it is. Um, <clears throat> get Holland yeah, in for one episode. Yeah. Like, that'd be cute. Oh, that's cute. That's a good idea. Um, or maybe know. Ned. Uh, you have Ned trying to sell the photos to them and him and Peter have done it on purpose to try and get some money. And then uh, like Jacob, uh, Jacob Batalon. He gets to he gets to be in it. We yeah, get to see more yeah. of that character. That'd be fun. And then technically, it makes sense because you've got Phil Urich, you'd like have Joe, Robbie, uh, Joe Robbie Robertson, you'd have Ned Leeds sharing the screen. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. Frontline, that's Front pretty line. good, yo. Phil Urich. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like uh, most of the most of the Marvel characters that I have any interest in. I've already been represented. So it would just be a case of do more Daredevil mm. with Jack Cox yeah. um, and stuff like that, which is like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a boring answer. Animated. Um, animated. So I don't MCU know. canon, Gwenpool. Because if you can get those stars back to do voice performances for What If, you can absolutely get two or three of them back for a Gwenpool mm. miniseries in animated form. Mm. Um, Gwenpool, for those who don't know, is a character who is from our world, at least that's the basic setup of the premise, and she ends up in the Marvel yeah. comics, so her superpower basically is she knows shit, and that's how she can get around, and she gets a costume, and um, and, and like has swords, and sometimes a gun, and that's, and that's her <laughs> superpower, and she, yeah, there's a wonderful moment, and I think it's... I think it's in her first series. I think it's in the Unbelievable Gwenpool where she's just like Thor is there doing this, that, and the other, and it's it's you know, she's Thor's there with a hammer. She's got a, a helmet and everything. She's obviously a secret identity, and Gwen just behind her, Gwenpool just yells, "Jane!" And Thor's face in the panel is just, she just goes like, "What?" <laughs> like is this whole thing of the fuck? <laughs> like how the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that could be that could be a lot right. of fun, but I think right. it'd have to be animated if you wanted to get your actors on board, and also not confuse yeah, people because they'll be like, "Wait, Gwenpool is that Deadpool?" It's like, no, 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 it's not. Like, there's a thing. And... It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. thing. It's a thing, y'all. <clears throat> um, yeah, I can't really. <sighs> what about me? I can't Disney really, characters um... at large. Yeah, there's nothing really coming to mind that I want to see more of, really. Like I say, it's all either already been done or it's in the pipeline. Mm. Like, <clears throat> we've all... I, I, <clears throat> We've all talked about Rosario Dawson. She well, she's going to be busy now. Um, yeah. Although, yes, because of course she's popping up as a Soka Tano. And, uh, Michael Bean. Along with yeah. um, 
Michael Bean. They're the racking Batman, up the yeah. cast members. Um, <laughs> Wonder when they're going to film. But I suppose if everyone uses pure, they could just however, get them into the background projection studio and film the whole season. So <laughs> on the um, on the subject of the Mandalorian, Which you've not seen? Uh, or tangential to it, oh. Gina Carano as She Hulk. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The 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 once and unfortunately yeah. not future Wonder Woman though. I love Gal Gadot and especially her work um, with Patty Jenkins in the Wonder Woman film. But when Gina Carano's mm-hmm. name was first cropping up in the rumors for Wonder Woman, I was like, yes, she can act. She's not been given the chance to play a particularly interesting part beyond muscle. Make her Wonder Woman. In a world where she can't be Wonder Woman, please make a She-Hulk. Please, dear God, make a She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, I've seen people suggesting that they do a Farino Bixby thing. Oh, two it, actors with uh, Gina Carano. Well, you saw, as the, as you the, saw the the report that was doing the rounds a couple of weeks ago, whereas they were looking for a um, oh, which actor is it? What's her name? Yeah, they're looking for an Alison Brie type to play She-Hulk. Jen Walters and Jen Walters. the internet collectively responded with Alison Brie then? Do you want to talk to her? I'm sure she'd be interested. <laughs> and James Corden brought it up on his show and she was like, hey, I'm open to talking if they want to talk. And it's like, isn't that interesting yeah. to be like, as normally that archetype of like, we're looking for a such a such a type. It's usually for a project that is never in a million years going to have access to that type of performer and you're using them as a blueprint. Yeah. Or it's in reference to an actor who is long since gone, who is like an archetype. Oh, we're looking for a Marilyn Monroe type. Oh, we're looking yeah. for a Clint Eastwood type. Like a certain era that everyone yeah. knows off the top of their head the moment you mention it. Well, well <clears> similarly, <throat> um, people have been asking uh, uh, John Krasinski yeah. about Fantastic Four and about playing Reed, and he's been like... Because yeah, apparently I'm Marvel down. and Emily Blunt have been talking. So what they've so, been talking yeah, about, we don't it's... know. But if it's Sue Storm... To his Reed Richards, yes, fucking please. I mean, for I'm Christ's done. sake, John Krasinski um, looks how Reed Richards currently looks. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if Dan yeah. Slott and the artists on that book were purposefully keeping Reed Richards looking like Krasinski, They're just in an attempt to just just shape the universe. <laughs> Sliding new issues of Fantastic Four under the on, onto the desk of Kevin Feige, going. Yeah. Eh? I mean, come eh? on. Come on, the guys eh? behind the Ultimates were like, right, Nick Fury is like, my, Brian Michael Bendis decided it, like, roughly around the time of Ultimate Spider Man, because Nick Fury appeared in Ultimate Spider Man first. And then Ultimates happens, and they all make that collective decision, like Brian mm. Hitch and Mark Miller and everything go, right, we're going to base him off Samuel Jackson. They get permission off Samuel Jackson, saying, do you mind? And he goes, Are you fucking kidding me? I love comic books. I love Nick Fury. Go for it. That's great. I'm happy for it. Don't yeah, pay any royalties. Absolutely. Like, I'm happy. Go for it. You can look like me. That makes me really happy. Just send me some issues when they're done. They were like, oh my God, great. Thank you, Samuel L. Jackson. The characters cast themselves in who, what actors would play them in a film. And Nick Fury says, Samuel L. Yeah, motherfucking yeah. Jackson. You're like, oh, it's a reference to the fact that he looks like Samuel L. Jackson. And then 10 years later, it's Samuel L. Jackson in films. So maybe yeah. they're just trying to hurry along the Samuel L. Jackson effect with Krasinski by making Reed look like John Krasinski. John Krasinski and, and John Krasinski is bearded nowadays. Reed Richards is still bearded also... after like three years and is showing no signs of them putting him back to his classic look. So, and also he's he he knows folks at Marvel because 
I think it was for Captain America. It was I think it was down to him yeah. and Chris Evans. Yep. Um, so he's yeah. got. He's also, got isn't that amazing? Because then uh, if he ends up being Reed Richards, that means the two people who were nearly Captain America were both in Fantastic Four adaptations. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, oh yeah, those those early two thousands Fantastic harmless. Four. Are... They're harmless. Fine. That's that's their biggest yeah. crime is they're safe. That's their biggest crime. They're very generic mid-2000s yeah. comedy movies for the whole family. And as a result, a lot of the jokes are yeah, like borderline absolutely. sleazy and really easy, obvious jokes. But Michael Chiklis is the thing, is great. He's freaking great. Um, Chris Evans as Johnny Storm is pretty decent. Uh, and that, no, that's it. That's the end of the, that's the end of the major positives. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Also, funnily enough, um, Rise of the Silver Surfer uh, is on Disney Plus, but the Fantastic Four is not. What about the I love that. Um, no, only Rise of the Silver Surfer, which makes adds credence to the the theory that Fantastic Four is something they're going to be announcing soon, because they don't want to confuse people. Yeah, they don't want to. <clears throat> it's no. Fan Four stick on there, and they've got every X Men movie except for First Class and uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, and Logan. So they, they don't have they don't have Logan or the two Deadpool's on there, which I kind of understand at the moment because, yeah, I guess they're gonna, friendly, I guess they'll yeah. find a way to do Windows with some of those things at some point. They'll find they'll find ways to put barriers. I think the got... Simpsons has got like Lucy's been binging the Simpsons since we got it, and like the early seasons have got like yeah. you son of a bitch, and like that's in there, and there's no censorship. So I I imagine they will find ways to because you can put parent lock. They've on. got you can put parent lock stuff. on profiles. So I'm guessing they'll oh, okay. eventually put some of the, the heavier stuff on there. There's too much stuff in the back catalogue yeah. for them to not. Um, first Class was an odd one. I was like, really? why is that not on there? That's strange. Um, but then I remembered, I guess, a couple of the scenes are very... Out of the whole X-Men series, that's the one with the more scenes that reference to or are deliberately involving sex and sexual interaction. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, so someone should do a uh, a breakdown of all the fucks <laughs> on Disney Plus, all the fucks given on Disney Plus. Yeah, because there's there's, there's got to be movies in there that have the 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 mandated PG thirteen fuck. Get so the fuck do away a, a from her! Of all the fucks, Cyclops. Why? Maybe that's why first class it? isn't on there. Go fuck yourself. No, because it's also in Days of Future Past yeah. and Apocalypse. Oh, I'll have to watch. And I'll have to watch one of them actually to see if it makes it through. That's interesting. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Mm. I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah. 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 Because <clears throat> the Fox X Men movies don't. Dead of the Electra are also um, not on there. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Uh, finally, from George, he asks. Um, after getting my girlfriend into Doctor Who, we've just finished series one after she watched most of series 12 with me and wanted to see it all. Father's Day and her and Dalek Good taste. are her favourites so far. Solid choices, solid choices. Are there any movies or TV shows that your significant other loves that you've been drawn into and vice versa? Ooh. Um, we have a thing at home where like, there's a lot of times with usually web series where I really get into something and Lucy sort of is like, oh, yeah. this. Are you watching this again? bleeding now and then the time she sits down to watch one i then catch her on her own watching it 
Uh, like uh, uh, yeah. so almost like there's a she we've acknowledged that there's almost like a built-in threshold where she automatically is like oh god this is irritating and then goes mm, maybe if i watch it on my own and then she gets into it that happened with a <laughs> lot of web series um it's how it's how like she got into things like you know could icarus john tron the some joke with a camera things like that over time so um things that i got into that lucy sort of put me onto I, there's not many if she's watching Desperate Housewives and I'm in the room, I do end up like slipping into a, ah, and I'm yeah. just going to sit here and watch this for a bit. Because there's some good stuff in there. I have like watched, <clears throat> I have watched a lot of stuff and watch a lot of stuff sort of just because mm-hmm. Keeks has it on. Um, so that's how I watched what I've watched of mm-hmm. things like Umbrella Academy. Like I didn't watch all of it. I just watched mm-hmm. it when Keeks was watching it. So I've kind of experienced it through that. She got, she started watching Westworld first ah. and they got me into Westworld and then she we devoured that together. Um, <laughs> yes. It's such a good show. Season three started two episodes in. Pretty fucking good. Whoa. Um, there's cowboy robots, bitch. Whoa. Is is that Aaron Paul's dialogue? She's also got me into... She's got me into... Why not? <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, it's very, very different. It's actually doing a character. It's doing, doing one of acting. Leave him alone. He's doing an acting. Um... Uh, she was patient zero for Rick and Morty in our yeah she friends. was yeah oh yeah she spread um, it she spread it like uh, uh, Bob's Burgers <laughs> she was a big uh, Bob she got me into Bob's Burgers in a big way I'd seen it before <laughs> but really got into it and watched it regularly with her things like um, mm. uh, podcasts like uh, I I. Got really into true crime stuff, specifically Red Handed yeah. and All Killer No yes. Filler. Yes, yeah, All Killer No Filler is another one that I got into um, because Keeks was like, "Yeah, listen to that one." I was like, "I'll give it a try." All Killer No Filler, like, so it was great. Good. It was real good. Um, <laughs> um uh, any other things that specifically come off the top of my mind? No, I'm, I'm fairly easy though. Like, I'll just like, I'll be, I'll just be like pottering around or, or playing something and I'll just be like, put whatever you want on. And so I've, I've, it's not that much I've got into it, but I've ended up watching a lot of it just cause that's what she's got on. Mm. Lucifer. I've been watching Lucifer recently. Um, so I've, I've ended up watching a lot of Lucifer with her. Not actually that much of Lucifer because. Considering, considering he looks nothing like often. Bowie, do they at least slip Bowie tracks in there? Not that I've noticed, but, um, the only reason that that show is at all watchable mm. is because of Tom Ellis. So, just being charming as fuck, as we've discussed before. He's a fucking charming um, man. So yeah, it's just things like that. I would just watch whatever and just happily watch play it. Like, like a, do its thing, yeah. Like a tenacious I'm, 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 I'm D comrade. Yeah, there's nothing that she'll put on and be like, yeah. I'm not watching that. <laughs> fuck that. We, we, get, we get a few. Uh, although if... <laughs> If we're watching something particularly uh, cringe comedy, I might have to leave the room for, for the more cringy part because I, I can't handle cringe comedy. It just it really it mm. makes me so anxious. I d- if like I can't watch yeah, Peep Show, you and you and Lou are the same there because it's so it it's so cringe. I just like I can't I can't I can't. It's such a trigger. Um, <laughs> and 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 uh, I couldn't watch Barry for the same yeah. for a similar reason. Like it was just yeah. so sad. It's brilliant, brilliantly observed, and 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 very touching, and and well written, and, and and good stuff. 
but just it was so mm. melancholy that I just I might I might be able to go back to it now, but it was just so melancholy I couldn't handle it. There's, there are shows like that where you, you do kind of have to pull away, despite the fact you're enjoying them. Yeah, Lucy was couldn't... like that with Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. She she couldn't by like episode yeah. six. She just she just turned to me. And she went, "Can you pause it?" And I was like, "Yeah." She went, "I can't keep watching this." I was like, "Why is everything right?" She was like, "The Skeksis just." freaking me and grossing me out too much i can't do this she's like it's yeah. amazing i wish i could if there was some way to watch just the scenes with like deet and and all the gelflings then i'd watch the living hell out of it but it's just it is getting to me and i was like that's totally fine she felt really yeah, bad fair. about it because she was like i i feel like that's a stupid reason to start watching i was like not at all like if, if something about it is stopping you from enjoying it then not watching it is the way to go yeah um i mean well, yeah. we have fairly similar tastes anyway so it's not like there's not that much stuff where if one of us is watching it, the other one will actively avoid it. Yeah. I like your pipe. Thank you. I like your axe. Um, we're, yeah, we're, I'm just messing li- with my hatchet. We are literally just holding hatchets and pipes now. I've li- I've got, I had a hatchet to hack because I was in the back garden. I'm just, I'm just playing with it. I'm just playing with a hatchet. Don't play with knives, kids. No. But do play with uh, pipes. I'm only doing it because I have no sense of uh, self-preservation and <laughs> a... Deep, deep self-loathing. Um, and a bloodlust for vines. <laughs> next emails. This is a short one from Jack. He says, G'day, big damn lads. This is uh, Jack, our Australian listener, I believe. Um, good day, Jack. Good day, Jack. G'day, big damn lads. It's Jack here. In a recent podcast, you spoke about the games you've been streaming. Just wanted to say that I've been thoroughly enjoying your streams, Chris. It's Millsy Who on Twitch. Hey! Um, and can't wait to see more streams from Matt soon. Thanks for all the big damn content to keep me occupied in this toilet paperless dystopia. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Jack. Yeah, the only reason I don't stream more is because I don't have a permanent streaming setup. Whenever I want to stream, I have to set all the cable in a webcam and microphone and stuff up. And then break it all down again afterwards because I don't have a dedicated workspace for it. Same. I've, I've, I, my desk becomes a hub of wires when it's set up, and it has been yeah. for the last few days. For the next couple of days, I'm mostly going to be streaming, um, mobile games, just yeah. so my desk can be a little less cluttered. So I'm yeah. packing it all away, and I'll just have a phone plugged in. Uh, you could, you could do some impromptu streams, uh, just over the PlayStation Share button, I suppose. Like, we can yeah, have, it's have just getting it over streaming. Then we don't have the overlays, and we don't have proper chat integration. It's a bit of a. <clears throat> Yeah, but if it's on the fly, yeah, I suppose. if it's on the fly, we, um, hey, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time out there. We can, we, we can, we'll, we'll make my, do. Uh, we'll make do. <laughs> I might just do some on my personal channel and host it on the big damn. We'll see. Yeah, boy. Um, yeah, boy. So yeah, thanks for that, Jack. And thanks, finally, Millsy who? Oh, the next one's quite big, so I'm going to save it for next week. <clears throat> okay, dogs. Give um, us a teaser. Read the first word. But it's uh, thoughts on the first episode of The Mandalorian, so... Oh, yeah, okay. Do you know what? We'll save that for next week. Uh, save that for next week. Uh, because there'll be another episode out to chat about, and um, mm-hmm. probably less pop culture news by then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll do that one up front of next week uh, and talk about some more Mandalorian. And whatever else I'll have come across in my... Fuck it. I need to I need to watch the ep- the further episodes of uh, the Gabriel Byrne War of the Worlds that's on now TV. Oh yeah. See what that's like because yeah. the first first two episodes were fairly interesting. For, uh, two, yeah, first two, first two were pretty interesting. Um, not at all a faithful adaptation. No. But interesting. Okay. Why not uh, just call? Part- why not just call it something else and well, just put in the I'm credits? Put inspired by War of the Worlds. Yeah. So whatever. 
Yeah. It's still, it's interesting, even if it is just in name only, it's still interesting. Which is more than could be said of the BBC uh, adaptation. Um, which was garbage! F- fucking hot garbage, man. Um, so yeah, other, other things. Picard's nearly over, Yeah, I think. Uh, so that's probably worth watching and talking about. Uh, Westworld's ongoing. That's been really good so far, but we're only two episodes in. Uh, and there's no movies coming out ever, which is why ever I'm watching again. <laughs> old shit movies. Um, <laughs> this is the end of films. You think it's bad for us? We at least have an open topic policy on this show. All the yeah. film reviewers on YouTube have gone into just watching the stuff that they missed now. Yeah. Have you noticed? Like, even Movie Bob's like, I didn't get around to doing the, uh, uh, the what was the Nick Cage one again? No, Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. I didn't get around to yeah. doing it when it came out, so here's my review of it. Did you see his review of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, he's, he's, he's pretty bob on with his assessment. It's Movie bob on? Ha ha! Hey! But like your Jeremy Johns um, and your Chris Stuckmans are all like, hey, uh, here's that random sequel to a thing we never talked about from four years ago. Let's talk about that. And I'm like, it's all right. I, I hope your viewers are looking out after you and watching your videos and keeping the activity going. But at the same time, what a weird thought that all these channels are suddenly grinding to a halt. I mean, so I never strange. watched those cunts anyway. I wanted to um, pick up Empire Magazine this week as well, because it's Black Widow, which is obviously redundant now, but it's got a, a Gremlins 2 feature in it. And I was like, ah, uh, nice. I want to pick that up. And it's like, uh, and I'm just going to, I think it will depress me, because if I do get hold of it, I'm just going to be reading articles for films that were meant to be out by now. Get a digital version, it's fine. Mm. Um. You don't have to go to the shops. You could just get it from Google Play. Yeah, but it costs exactly the same. And if I get it from the shops, I can at least then recycle it when I'm done with it. Fair. As toilet paper. <laughs> in this post, in this toilet paperless dystopia, as Jack said. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, folks. I hope you're all keeping well out there. Or in there, as the case may be. Yes. Keeping that out. Yes. Um, Remain indoors. <laughs> yeah, that's been doing the rounds again. <laughs> Um, of course, do not go out unless you have to, or you're a key worker. Keep people safe. Keep yourself safe. Mm. Keep listening to us because our egos need to be massaged in these trying times. Uh, and as always, you can find us here every week. Get us an big damn cast on Twitter for all the latest on updates. Send us in emails, thoughts, questions, and shit posts to bigdamncontact at gmail.com. And of course, keep an eye on twitch.tv forward slash bigdamnstream for streams. Uh, not really a concern at the moment uh, because of everything that's going on. But if you do find yourself in a position to be able to support us, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash bigdamncast. But as I say, in current circumstances, don't worry about that shit. I'm just doing due diligence. Um, thank you. Thank you again. Oh, uh, and for uh, listening. boycott Weatherspoons. Oh, yeah, boycott Weatherspoons. Fucked in mine. <laughs> um, that guy is epical mm. with a bad haircut. Oh, my God, his hair. What is happening there? It looks like someone's pressed his face into the dirt, pressed his face into the soft concrete. Squashed little fucking gammon face. What? <laughs> oh, we'll be back next week with a list of stores and services you should boycott from this day forward. Uh, but until then, rest easy, cadets, and something inspirational, something. <laughs> <laughs>